0: think about this. We're planning for the next day. So you haven't eaten anything yet. That's the most beautiful part about this entire process of taking the time and putting the energy into planning. So I want you to start with what you actually want to eat. So don't think about anything else. If you looked at this menu, you were putting yourself right in that moment and you were saying, what do I want to eat? So we walked through that in this example. We discussed the fact that this person didn't really love salads. It was a lunch spot we were talking about what she was planning on eating for lunch tomorrow we did already kind of talk about breakfast but let's say we haven't what do you want to eat for lunch tomorrow she's like I don't like salads I want to eat a sandwich cool perfect let's do it the next question that came up was I'm the type of person that really wants to have french fries am I able to eat the french fries So I asked her a few questions that came up out of that. It's all about how we frame this. And hopefully in highlighting this conversation that I had with her and almost essentially coaching someone else through it by using it as an example, I hope that what you take away from it is that it's just a matter of if I choose this, then what am I willing to sacrifice later? Let's link up with Krista on the fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of The Fix. As always, I am your host, Krista Huber, and I am rocking along with all of these solo episodes. I hope you guys are enjoying them. I mentioned last week that I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident with them, and hopefully you're seeing the value from these episodes just as much as you see value from all the incredible guests that I have the opportunity to interview on a regular basis. As a little programming note, I do want to say that I will be back with a few new guests very soon have been managing a few different changes to my schedule and we're carving out some time to make that happen. I'm excited to be partnering with a few other brands and getting some of their founders um, and main people who are a part of their companies and launching them and getting them off the ground, different products, services, and all those sorts of things that totally align with the Fitness Fix brand. And just wanted to share that we have a bunch of exciting things coming your way. For today's episode, I was actually inspired by a client conversation that I had this morning with an amazing client of mine who I've only had the pleasure of working with for the past eight weeks or so, and she's crushing it. In that time, she's lost nearly 10 pounds in the fitness world. There's so much emphasis on how much weight can you lose and how quick quickly can you lose it? And really us nutrition coaches out there who try to encourage our clients to move away from the scale, look at other biofeedback. I still like to give them some kind of reference point. And for the sake of a listener who has maybe never worked with a coach before, I should add that losing about a pound a week is incredible. It doesn't sound like a lot of progress in the moment, but it's actually really amazing. And the most important part about it is the consistency. This person came to me, we had worked together in the Past in a different capacity. I was her trainer for a while, and we had lost touch with both of us moving to different cities. She had a baby, which is obviously a really big life event. Your body goes through a ton of different changes, but more importantly, her schedule has tra- changed drastically. And this week in particular, she's starting to ramp back up with travel for work. And I think that that might be relevant for a lot of people right now. Or maybe you're getting into the holiday season, you're thinking about traveling again for that, and a lot of times, this time of year in particular, November is gonna roll around real quick, we're already halfway through October, and people like to start to say that it's a good time to just not worry about their nutrition goals, not worry about their fitness goals, until January. I am here, For this episode to be your voice of reason and encourage you to go in with a plan. And that's going to be the theme for today's conversation focusing on having a plan. Now, if you're listening to this episode as soon as it drops on Thursday, October 21st, 2021, we are only like 10 days away from Halloween. For anybody out there who's a sucker for some Halloween candy, I feel like this is kind of around the time when (laughs) that downward spiral can tend to hit for people with the holidays rolling in and then Thanksgiving comes and it's like all bets are off. Well, this episode is the episode to help you avoid that trap that you may fall into year after year. So I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear I'm traveling. I'm doing this. My schedule's different. I'm doing that. I'm going to help you better navigate this situation. And using this example of this amazing client who took it upon herself to schedule extra time to chat with me leading into a work trip where, guess what? She knew all the restaurants she was eating at and that put us in a position to help develop the plan. So what I wanted to do for this chat today is actually walk you guys through Basically, what that conversation was that we had, what we talked about, some different things that kind of came up, some really great, great questions that she asked. That I'm sure that if you personally have not worked with a coach before or you have, maybe they're on your mind, you don't have anyone to ask it to. And that's exactly how we're going to do this one. So, here we go. So, setting the scene a little bit more. This client in particular, like I said, about to leave for a work trip. She's going to be gone for about three days. And the first thing we talked through, I said to her, okay, tell me your exact schedule. Lay it all out. When are we eating? What other events do you have going on during this trip? And this may sound like a weird question, but the number one question I always start off with for any client who's dealing with a travel situation is what meals are you eating by yourself? Now it might be like, well, why does that matter? Here's why it matters, most of the time, I should say all of the time, 100% of the time, the meals that we eat by ourselves are actually the meals where we can execute the most control. And what I mean by that is if you think about, let's say most people, if I had a guest, they're going on a work trip, you might eat breakfast by yourself. Maybe you have like a conference that you're going to, it kicks off at 9 a.m., whatever. And in the morning, you're in your hotel, you're running downstairs, you're grabbing something right in the hotel lobby, or maybe you're going to Starbucks or something like that. Maybe it's this grab-and-go situation, could be with other people, but it's a little more flexible than say sitting down in a restaurant. Those are the best opportunities to kind of, basically put yourself in a spot where you're like, is this the best meal that I'm ever going to have in my life? And is it going to be my favorite thing to eat? No. What is it going to do? Check the box for the nutrients that I will likely fall short on because I am traveling and the nutrient that you are likely going to fall short on because you're traveling. If you've never paid attention before, you may not realize it is protein. Why is that the case? Because chances are you're not eating as many meals throughout that travel. Maybe you're only having like a breakfast, a lunch, and dinner. A lot of the people that I work with tend to eat four to five meals a day. I like to avoid the word snack because I think it implies a smaller meal. Whereas a lot of times meal two has just as many calories, a a solid amount of macronutrients as meal one, four, or five. So You eliminate those situations. You don't have time to kind of munch on something in between meetings or when you're getting off Zoom, you're in the comfort of your own home. The scenario is different. You will fall behind on protein. So how do we navigate that? First step, like I said, focus on the meal that you're eating by yourself. In most cases, I think a lot of people could say again that that's breakfast. So what did I suggest for this person to do? I said to her, go to Starbucks, get something like feed egg bites. Is it a ton of protein? Is it as much protein as you could have had if you made this awesome omelet at home? Of course not. But it is another 10, 15, hopefully 20 grams that you would not have gotten otherwise. And it's 20 grams closer to being pretty solid, which is better than just saying, screw this and letting it all go and acting like you're just gonna pop all your tires after you messed up one. I might've shared this analogy on last week's episode, but if I didn't, It's totally relevant in this example. I often find that when someone puts themselves in a situation that's kind of outside their norm, their routine is different, they always look for this all or nothing mindset excuse that leads into a situation where, They say, oh, you know what? I didn't have that best meal and I ate like something that was totally quote unquote not in my plan. I'm so off on following my macronutrient numbers. So I'm just going to say F it and I'm going to eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. What that is equivalent to is if you got a flat tire, you're on the side of the road and instead of calling AAA, you decide to pop all three of your other tires. I think Anybody listening to this can agree that that would not put you in a better off situation. It would put you in a much worse off situation than if you just moved on from that one meal that wasn't your best and tried to get, I hate using this term because I feel like it's not that adequate, but get back on track for those other remaining meals. It's not that you fell off. And I'm going to go into that in a second. But to really harp on this point of focusing on the meals that you're eating on alone, keep them basic. The other piece to that is bring things with you. You can actually take a decent amount of food through the airport, pick up things in the airport. I think a lot of people have a little hesitation around this because they've never tried it before. And there's so many rules these days with TSA that you would rather err on the side of caution and just not deal with it at all. Little pro tip, it's not that difficult to take protein powder right through security. So what I would do is I would portion out one scoop or maybe two scoops, put it in a little baggie and then you already have the exact portion size that you need. You don't need to worry about carrying around your tub of protein batter, which would be a little bit ridiculous. And then you literally have exactly what you need. Maybe even bring your own shaker bottle. You get some wa- a big water bottle first thing in the morning and there you go. There you, you can guarantee yourself another 30 grams of protein without really putting too much thought into it. But more importantly, without making it difficult. And that is really the key without making it difficult. And I know my last two episodes, I really dug into that. So I would encourage you all to go back and listen to them because I feel like there are a bunch of little different nuggets that all always tend to cross over because this at the end of the day can really be wrapped up and summarized in a neat little bow in terms of your mindset, but also your approach. And in your approach, we go back to this idea of a plan. So that's number one, really focusing on those solo meals, let's call them. Number two, thinking about the fact that if you can plan, and in this situation, going back to my client example, she knew all the restaurants she was eating at. So we had a meeting today. She sent me links to every single restaurant, and I'm going to give you a little bit of complimentary nutrition advice and give you an inside lens right into what our coaching session looked like. I sat there with her, and after asking her the question of how many meals are you going to be eating by herself, by the way, in her case, it was none, so she is eating most of her meals with other people, and we talked about how to navigate it, the next question I said to her was pull up this menu, look at this menu, if you could eat whatever you wanted to eat, you weren't dieting, you weren't following any kind of nutrition plan, what would you order? And that's where we started, and I'm going to tell you why we did that. We were looking to reverse engineer her flexibility in the sense that she can eat the foods she wants to eat, but it just matters what other choices she makes throughout the day. And I'm going to spend a little time on this point as well. I probably talked longer than I intended about the whole example of eating certain meals by yourself and making those a little bit more basic. But I think this one is really important because this doesn't just apply to travel. It can apply to holidays. It can apply to eating out in general. It can apply to you just tapping into and listening and accepting your food cravings. We have a tendency to forget that when it comes to following some sort of meal plan, diet, whatever you want to call it, approach to your nutrition, that not everything happens in a vacuum. And the beautiful part about something like counting your macros, while it can certainly get a bad rep and it always has its time and it always has its place, this is probably the number one reason why I'm such a proponent of it because you can reverse engineer your preferences around what you want to eat and that is truly the definition of flexible dieting. Flexible dieting isn't just a matter of, oh, I'm going to have a donut because it happens to fit my macros what does that even mean, fitting your macros? It means, do you have, quote unquote, room in your bank of your macronutrient categories, your protein, your carbs, and your fats, to be able to enjoy this meal and not go over a certain amount of macronutrients, which ultimately puts you over a certain amount of calories. It's just another way of looking at your food. And The idea of flexibility has probably gotten a little bit perverted over the years because there are people on Instagram showing you pictures of like, hey, look at this cheeseburger and fries and this milkshake and all these other things that I ate that I was able to consume, but still somehow also have a six pack. Guess what? Here's a little secret. What they didn't show you, and this goes to my point of. Not everything happens in isolation. Not th- that one meal doesn't happen inside of a vacuum. That person who had that burger, that fries, that milkshake, and I do this all the time. That's like literally my favorite meal to have that somebody may look at me and think, oh, how, how are you able to eat something like that? And you're a nutrition coach. It's like my favorite. I don't want to use the word cheat, but if we're going to call a spade a spade, some people like to call that a cheat. I love to do that, but it comes at the sacrifice of then having another meal that's pretty boring. That is the quote unquote pillar of health when you think of a meal. It's your egg whites. It's a ton of vegetables, making sure I'm getting my macronutrients. It's prioritizing my protein, focusing on healthy carbohydrate intake. And by healthy, I mean whole food sources, fruit as well, as vegetables fall into that category, and making it fit because not every meal is going to be able to be this splurge meal. And so that's exactly the route I try to have people go with their approach when I say to them, hey, you're going out to eat, think about this, we're planning for the next day, so you haven't eaten anything yet. That's the most beautiful part about this entire process of taking the time and putting the energy into planning. So I want you to start with what you actually want to eat. So don't think about anything else. If you looked at this menu, you were putting yourself right in that moment and you were saying, what do I want to eat? So we walked through that. In this example, we discussed the fact that this person didn't really love salads. It was a lunch spot we were talking about, what she was planning on eating for lunch tomorrow. We did already kind of talk about breakfast, but let's say we had not What do you want to eat for lunch tomorrow? She's like, I don't like salads. I want to eat a sandwich. Cool. Perfect. Let's do it. The next question that came up was, I'm the type of person that really wants to have french fries. Am I able to eat the french fries? So I asked her a few questions that came up out of that. It's all about how we frame this. And hopefully in highlighting this conversation that I had with her and almost essentially coaching someone else through it by using it as an example, I hope that what you take away from it is that – It's just a matter of if I choose this, then what am I willing to sacrifice later? In preparing for this episode, I was talking with my editor and trying to come up with almost like a term to describe that, and what he said to me at first, I had to process it for a second, but now that I've thought about it, it does make a lot of sense. It's almost like delayed sacrifice, and in the sense that you want to have those French fries, cool, go for it have the french fries, and while you're at it, if you wanna have the french fries and you also wanna have the bun on your sandwich, you do you. You don't need to follow those typical diet tips of like eliminate the bread, get rid of those carbs, Um, have like lettuce wraps as a burger instead of having that bun. If you want that bun, you go for that bun. It just means that later on, or maybe even earlier in the day, you are going to have to sacrifice something else. So the French fries at lunch may then mean, let's go pull up the restaurant menu for the dinner spot you're going to. Oh, there's something on there that has, we looked at a chicken dish, I think, and it had potatoes in it. So all we had to do was have a conversation and kind of think strategically. Again, nothing happening in a vacuum. We're not eating any of these foods in isolation. It all fits within into the bigger picture of what else you're eating that day. And so I said, if we have the French fries at lunch, then we're going to skip those potatoes at dinner. Or maybe we even ask at the restaurant, hey, like I see that you have a side of broccoli. Could I have that instead? There's always swaps. There's always options. And it's really important that when you're trying to navigate your health from a place that is not restrictive, that you think about things as analogies I love to use puzzle pieces, Tetris, that's a really big one. You're just playing this giant game of Tetris and you're trying to figure out how to get all these pieces to get put together. And for those of you out there who did play Tetris when you were younger, um, the speed factor as you started to get closer and closer to the top of the Tetris board, the pieces would move quicker and you didn't have as much time to make a decision i'm going to take that analogy a little bit further and equate it to the person who doesn't have a plan if you don't go into this restaurant in this person's situation if she chose not to have this conversation with me it's not to say that she couldn't have figured it out but i don't know about you guys anytime i've been focusing on my diet I get a little bit of anxiety of going into the restaurant and trying to make my decision. I'm also there to socialize with friends and family members. I'd much rather just know exactly what I'm going to eat by having had my plan, by doing my research beforehand and looking up the menu. It's 2021. There's no reason why we can't look up the menu. And I mean, at this rate, we're being encouraged to use QR codes to pull up the menus on our phones anyway. So you seriously have no excuse with the way the restaurant industry has changed in the last year. All that said is it's kind of like that point in Tetris where if you don't make the decision ahead of time and you don't at least have some sort of loose plan that you know you could adjust, you are going to put yourself in a spot where you don't have the opportunity to really think about that decision, to really be thoughtful and say to yourself, okay, had this earlier today i'm aware of what else i ate how does this all fit together and maybe if you get lucky the puzzle piece will slide into the exact spot and you won't lose anything and you'll clear that row in that tetris game but chances are you're not setting yourself up for success and my number one goal for anybody that i ever work with for anybody that listens to my content i want you to leave a conversation i want you to finish listening to one of these episodes feeling like, okay, I can put myself in a spot that makes me a little bit more successful, even if it's only 2%, even if it's 1% more successful, even if only that next meal that I have in the hour after I listen to this podcast episode, maybe I made a slightly better choice than I would have had I not listened to it, then I feel like I did my job and accomplished a of the message that I'm trying to share. So we talked through, Different meal options. We got into the nitty gritty and looked at the details of specific items at specific restaurants where she was planning to eat. And then from there, another great question that I loved and wanted to share as a part of this episode was okay, I have one more day. I'm actually going to visit a family member. And and to be honest, I don't really have a plan yet. I'm not sure where I'm going to eat. So, in general, give me, Krista, your best advice on how I would navigate that situation. There are so many different ways to answer this, but I'm going to stick to the initial answer that I gave that popped right into my head. It's the fact that this individual put so much other thought and so much intention into the other eight meals or six meals she was having for the previous two days that she would be traveling on the road that I said to her, as long as you can generally make an effort to get some protein at every meal, be mindful of where your other calories are coming from in terms of your carbs and fat, then you are okay to have even more flexibility on that one day. You're not traveling that entire day, you'll be home for dinner. So again, going back to that delayed sacrifice concept, if there's something that catches your eye when you are at brunch or whatever it is before you get on the plane, have that thing, have that food, And then realize when you get home that night, if somebody else in your house really wants to have, let's say, pizza, maybe you need to think twice about whether you can really make it work having had whatever you chose to eat earlier in the day. And I think that it's such a difficult concept to wrap our head around sometimes because everyone's like, well, I can't have my cake and eat it too. And I'm going to fall into this all or nothing mindset. And if I truly want to be healthy, I've got to be all in or then I'm automatically all out. And I ended last week's episode talking about this idea that consistency is better than perfection. And using percentages, I explained that from another nutrition coach who said it really well, you're so much better off being 80%, 100% of the time. So being really, really, really good all the time versus trying to be perfect to a T, hitting every single macro number, maybe Four days out of the week, because what happens to those other three days? If we're being brutal, brutally honest, I think we can all attest that those other three days probably look like I ate whatever I wanted for this meal. I had a bunch of dessert. I had a few beers. I had a couple drinks. And then, yeah, I don't really have any concept of what I actually ate. And I can promise you that doing that four days on and essentially three days off kind of methodology, it's not going to work. And I know from personal experience because it was that cycle, that Pattern for me in my own life that led to the frustration that is ultimately putting me in this seat today, where I'm sitting here talking about the fact that here's how I plan, here's how I navigate these things. It's because I was that person who was like, I work out so hard in the gym, I eat super, super, quote unquote, healthy, super, super, quote unquote, clean four days out of the week. But then, if I were really telling the truth and started paying attention to what I was eating and tracking it and ultimately building awareness. I actually figured out that those couple little quote-unquote cheat meals I was having were not a few little cheat meals. It was pizza after drinking. It was a lot of drinks when I would go out with friends to socialize. And I can never really find that elusive balance that we're all looking for because I put it in such a structured way based on my schedule. And then I would try to repeat the cycle by being perfect as perfect as I could be by Monday, which just looked like a whole lot of salads and a decent amount of protein. But then I would beat myself up in the gym and just try to work and work and work. And I felt like I was stuck and I felt like I was always in the same place and I wasn't seeing changes with my body composition. How did I learn? And this is one more point I want to leave everybody with for this conversation. I learned because I built awareness by actually tracking, by actually asking someone else, can you help me come up with a plan? You know I'm going to throw in a point about the importance of having a coach, the importance of having that accountability. And it's very true. But there's one other component to this, and that's the fact that just by recording, you're not holding yourself accountable to hold yourself accountable to your coach. You're holding yourself accountable to hold yourself accountable to you. That's it. It's as simple as that. I'm going to say it again. Tracking builds awareness that holds you accountable to you personally. It is very easy to lie to ourselves too. So I will say that we need to be honest. We need to use our tracking methods, whether you're putting a note in your phone, you're in MyFitnessPal, whatever route that you choose to go. If you don't put down what you actually ate, my rule that I share with clients is if you bite it, you write it even if it's not perfectly accurate, at least try to put something down. You're never going to get the picture that you need. You're never going to get the accountability that you need, whether you chose to do it alone or whether you chose to work with a coach, because it all boils down to one main thing. And that's the fact that you are the only person who can truly take care of you. You can hire someone and make the investment, whether that's with a nutrition coach, whether that's with a personal trainer, whether that's signing up for a gym membership, maybe even if you only go a few days a week or taking classes, whatever works for you, whatever gets you motivated, whatever gets you in the door. But you guys also know how I feel about motivation. I think it's kind of BS and I think it really takes the true discipline. And someone who's disciplined is the person who's willing to continue to keep tracking, who's willing to choose the sacrifices at the right times to get the foods that they want to eat or enjoy the experiences that they're having for other reasons because of the social aspect of the people they got to spend time with or picking something that's like the cuisine really specific to that area and they may never get to have that again and knowing what's actually worth it for you because that's really how you get to this place of feeling like, hey, I can have it all. I can have my cake and eat it too. And it is actually possible, but it starts up here in your mind. And once you have that approach established in your mind, you need a methodology to get there. And that's ultimately where this idea of planning comes in, where this idea of being conscientious, this idea of measuring something is just so freaking important. And I feel like I could go on and on about this in so many different examples. But what I hope is that kind of grounding it in this travel component That's relevant to a lot of people's lives right now. It's also something that's just always going to come up. And I hope that if you listen to this today and you're someone who feels like they've had a lot of stops and starts with their nutrition journey and you always find the excuse is because you're traveling or because it's this person's birthday and you went out to eat or you're celebrating something and that completely derails where you're trying to go. I want you to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, that's only one day. In the grand scheme of things, that's only three days, or that's only a week. Maybe that's a, if you're going on a huge trip, maybe it is two weeks, but we have 52 weeks in the year, people. And if you can get those other 50 weeks and you can absolutely crush them, and again, crushing them doesn't mean you're 100% perfect. All it means is that you were consistent pretty much every single other day you're going to do a great job and you are a hundred percent going to see results. And you have to tell yourself that too. You have to believe the narrative that you're telling you. So just to kind of wrap it all up and leave you with the main summary of the pieces of advice. It's all about having a plan. It's all about holding yourself accountable because you want it bad enough. No one can want it more than you. You have to take ownership of it. And hopefully that doing something like measuring can make it happen and Remembering that if you put in what you need to put in for most of the time but being honest about what most of the time actually means, not this half of the week kind of bullshit that we tell ourselves and think that it's most of the time, then you're going to be okay. Getting into the minutia of, oh my gosh, I was over 10 grams of carbs on this day or maybe it was 20 because you estimated and you're not exactly sure, that doesn't matter. And if that is something that you're convinced is the roadblock for you, is the reason why you're not getting to where you want to go, you've either had a bad coach, in all honesty, in other situations, you're consuming information that's making you think that way. And really, the question you need to ask yourself is, do I have a good relationship with food? And that can be a lot harder. And I think... That's something that just keeps coming up every time I talk to people about the process of tracking and why I prefer macros, but why there's a time and a place for it is regardless of the method that you choose, what makes this tough is that it's very vulnerable. You are actually examining your habits and your behaviors and you're peeling back the layers of the onion and you're looking for Things that you don't do right, right? You're looking for things that you do wrong because if you did them right, you wouldn't be in the situation where you're really not truly happy with how you look, or maybe your uh, biofeedback in terms of your sleep quality, or maybe your workouts uh, aren't feeling great, or maybe you had a conversation with your doctor and they were a little concerned about your blood work. Whether it's vanity or whether it's like truly health markers that are cause for concern, I don't care what your motivation is. It, and yes, some of those are much more serious than others. But what you have to remember is that you're in total control of that. And it's all about what you develop and being honest and looking in that mirror and not being hard on yourself about it, but just being real and being straight up and saying, hey, this is something I need to adjust. And if I can't adjust it, that's where you look for support. So I hope everybody has an awesome rest of their day from wherever you're listening to this from. Again, as always... I love doing these new solo episodes. It's been a really fun venture to kind of go down. Definitely something that I'm only just getting started on. Obviously, I'm finding inspiration from client conversations. A lot of these are conversations that I have time and again and hopefully are relevant to other people too. But if you listen to me regularly and there's a question that you have or something on your mind, please, I say it every week, but I truly mean it. I am very very passionate about this stuff, so much so that I'm – willing to record these episodes at any time of day. I'm literally recording this at like 8 p.m. at night and we're going to drop it tomorrow morning thanks to the help of my awesome teammate Tony. And it's because I like what I do and I truly love talking about this stuff. I love sharing this information with other people. I love listening to other podcasters to share their information And at the end of the day, it's hopefully there's one little snippet or one little nugget that's going to help you make some change that will spiral into other really positive changes. And that's all I got for you today. Have a wonderful rest of your day.